G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Greg Bondar is Family Voice State Director for New South Wales and the ACT. Greg's back with us. Greg, welcome to 2020. Oh, thank you, Neil. Delighted to be here with you again. <laughs> Greg, I mentioned there in the introduction uh, the definition that the Prime Minister's Office for Women uses to define a woman. Now, this is a debate that's going on not only here in Australia but around the world. Uh, you've mm. written to the Prime Minister's Office. Uh, what sort of responses have you had to some of these questions you're asking? Well, Neil, not only have we written, but plenty of our supporters have as well. Now, Neil, you mentioned the question, you know, what is the actual position of the Prime Minister's Department? Now, the issue we have here is, Neil, that this is a big debate, big debate in the terms of, you know, are we going to start talking about uh, genders or are we going to start talking about real binary issues where biologically you have a male and a female? Well, this is what we've got from the Prime Minister's office. When we ask the question... This is what they said. A woman is a person identifying as a woman and a person should use facilities that correspond to their gender identity. Now, for goodness sake, give me a break. I mean, why can't they just come to the realisation that biologically there are only males and females? There are no other chromosomes. Neil, we've got to make sure that even the Prime Minister's office cannot come to grips with the fact that, you know, biblically, biologically, there are only two genders, male and female, Neil. The bottom line is, Greg, uh, you could identify as a woman. I could identify as a woman. Uh, Anyone who just feels uh, like they wanted to do that could do that. I mean, uh, you're not likely to, and I'm certainly not likely to. But if we did, there would be some pretty significant consequences to that, wouldn't there? Oh, absolutely, Neil. You know, you can't say that gender is is what you think you are. Neil, it, it is not what you think. Gender cannot be a thought. Gender is either biological, it's, it's science, it's fact, it's proven. I can't understand why people refuse to accept simple science, simple biology. Neil, this is all about people trying to make Australia woke, cancel people, those people that speak up against it, and in particular as a Christian, the Prime Minister should not be endorsing these responses from his department. He should be getting and saying to them, hey, as far as I'm concerned, there are males and females, but he's reluctant to do so for whatever reason now. Well, Greg, my assumption is uh, that the opposition leader and uh, the Labor policy on this is just as vague. Uh, so yeah. I imagine that our major parties are all in the same boat together here. Uh, any thoughts on, you know, responses from the other side? Oh, absolutely. They're, they're, I mean, they're no different. I mean, the other side, Labor, and in particular the Greens, I mean, the Greens will actually tell you what they think of this because they don't really know, so they'll make something up. The issue we have here is that nobody wants to commit themselves 
prior to an election. But the other thing you need to be aware of is that people, particularly politicians, before an election will promise you everything. And what we have here, Neil, is that this is a basic, fundamental human condition that we're talking about. Women, you know, must be identified as women. And, and really, Neil, there are no other options, there are no other variables apart from male and female. Of course, you can have feelings, fine. But biologically, scientifically, there are only two genders in my book now. Let's talk about what you might practically expect from those candidates, uh, from those parties who want to govern our nation. You're suggesting that people need to insist that the coalition, and let's include here the opposition too, uh, makes it policy to defend the freedom of women to enjoy sport and uh, these other differences that come from uh, this sex difference. Uh, this is what you're encouraging people to insist on those things? Absolutely, along with other things that we've made clear. One is we, we would like Parliament to retain opening Parliament with a prayer. We'd like Parliament to ensure that as far as the Australian society is concerned, what we have are two genders, male and female. Now, if people want to feel differently, fine, but let's not make that a policy that... It really only affects about 0.5% of the population. Let's look after our other 95% or whatever else it might be in terms of actual numbers. Neil, we have to start looking out for those mums and dads, granddads, grandparents that really want to make sure that their children, grandchildren abide and conform to what is really biologically and biblically a male or female person. Governments must not get involved in ideology, rainbow ideology in particular, and they must confirm what is a fact, Neil, and that's scientifically proven. Uh, let's just focus on sport here for a moment because this has mm. been one of the major areas that helps all of us understand uh, the ramifications of what goes on if you uh, dismiss the science here. Uh, but you're talking, too, about uh, the Prime Minister uh, cancelling taxpayer funding to sporting groups that compel girls and women to compete against gender-confused males? Because uh, we might say, well, oh, that's just something that, you know, I'm not getting involved, that doesn't involve me. Well, if we're paying tax, it does involve us because our money is being used to support these things. Your thoughts here around uh, taxpayer funding for sporting groups? Yeah, Neil, this is a really, really... Uh critical situation because what's happening is a lot of the organisations, sporting I mean, are compelling competitors to say if you don't enter the competition you'll have no hope of getting into the Commonwealth Games or the Olympic Games or regional games or whatever else it may be. The problem we have here is if you're being compelled to compete as a woman and you've got male competitors who claim to be a woman, your chances of winning, winning Neil are really, really limited. So that should not be a taxpayer-funded organisation. Let these people, in particular women, compete in women's sport. I mean, you've seen the data, you've seen the, 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 the media. You've got men six foot eight inches swimming against women that are five foot two, for example. I mean, they've got no chance of winning, Neil. And what we're doing here in Australia is following the overseas trend in America, but we have to stop spending taxpayers' money on this sort of ideology, which really, really, is, it goes against all women and does not protect their right, Neil. And, and I think that's sad. Well, you know, there's a lot of controversy going on right now 
the likelihood of a hung parliament because people seem to be uh, deserting the major sides, uh, mm. the coalition, uh, the Labor Party, and uh, they're looking to minor parties because somehow or other the major parties seem to be missing it on some very, very significant basics. So uh, there's something very significant there for the Christian voter to make sure that their candidate that they're voting for, in fact, holds to some of these critical things because if you mess this all up, it it has ramifications that flow through into day-to-day life throughout the rest of society. Uh, So this thought here, and I'll get your thought again because we are looking... Mm. To the election, uh, there's this focus on voting for people, not parties. You really have to check in with your local candidates to find out what they believe. Absolutely. Now, again, I make the point, as a Christian, you should be voting according to your biblical conscience. And you need to have a look. What do I as a Christian believe in? What do I as a Christian want to see my family, my future family, my children, my grandchildren enjoy here in Australia? Yes, of course, there are economic issues, there are welfare issues. We've got other considerations as well. But when you are voting, vote according to your biblical conscience and ask your, ask your local member, your candidate, what is your position on X, Y and Z, Neil? It's very important because it will come down, as I predicted some time ago, that it will be a hung parliament and it will come down to the independent and the minor parties, Neil, on who wins government. And it might look messy, but that might be the way that it has to be. Hey, Greg, there's other big controversies that are brewing, and uh, I know that the controversy out of the United States around the Supreme Court, a leaked document around uh, the thought of the Supreme Court overturning Roe versus Wade. Let's talk abortion for a few moments because you've been focusing on some abortion statistics that have come out of the UK. Uh, so this is a global issue that's going on right now, but uh, there's statistics. Uh, 10 million babies killed since England's Abortion Act was approved 54 years ago. You've been monitoring this along. Uh, how do things look so far as this yeah, abortion now, issue? Yeah, thanks. thank you. Now, this is a major issue, not only overseas, but Australia in particular have had a lot of pro-life marches. As you know, I think we had one in Brisbane a couple of weeks ago. Uh, We've got them in Perth. We've got, look, they are happening because Roe versus Wade will be a big issue that will have ramifications for Australia. Then I looked at some UK data, Neil. 54 years ago, the Abortion Act was introduced in the UK, 1968 to be precise. And since then, last week as of 27th of April, the data shows that there were Almost, now 10 million babies killed since the act came in into force. Now, that is, that is staggering because what you've got is one baby lost to abortion every two and a half minutes or 25 lives were ended every hour. Now, that is appalling. And here we are talking about all sorts of issues. Why aren't we talking about preserving life, Neil? Well, isn't it interesting because with all of the controversy that's been going on in the US, uh, you turn on any uh, current affairs type program on your television and you've got people talking about this issue of abortion and you've got debates that are going on about whether life starts at conception or whether you can Mm. abort a child, and let's call this as a baby, that's what it is, right up to just moments before it would be born. And then there's people trying to take a position somewhere, uh, you 
you know, in between the start of life at conception and that moment where the baby is being born. It's interesting, isn't it, that as Christians, uh, when we appreciate being made in the image and likeness of God, a recognition that life starts at conception, that we don't have too big a deal in arguing a lot of those things, but if you don't acknowledge God in this, you're going to be blown around by every wind, aren't you? Absolutely. Look, I make no apology, Neil. As a Christian, life for me starts at conception. But not only that, Neil, I think we've got to realise that, you know, um, biblically, you know, go back to the scriptures, you know, and I'm not just quoting the Bible to, to make a point. I'm also quoting the Bible because that's how I look at my moral and ethical values that I do from a day to day. Neil, World War One, there were 900,000 deaths. World War Two, there were about 500,000 deaths. Under abortion, we've had 10 million. That's around 10 times World War One's or 22 times World War Two's. Neil, World War Three began when abortion was introduced. And that's what we're doing. And people are sitting back there and agreeing to all this. We have to stand up. You know, women keep saying, and I'm talking about the women that have chosen pregnant uh, abortion, they say, it's my body. Well, Neil, what about the dad that's involved? What about the parents that are involved that have a concern for the child? We need to make sure that this is not about my body, my rights. It's about preserving life as it was meant to be now. Big challenge in this abortion debate, Greg, uh, the thought of DIY home abortions. And uh, while you've got these thoughts that the law might change, Roe versus Wade, that Mm. uh, in in the US uh, we were talking about these sorts of things, that states might be able to make their own laws according to what people vote. And uh, that in some sense uh, sounds logical to me, but... At a time when technology is such that people will be able to have a telehealth appointment and in the mail they'll receive a DIY uh, pill that will abort a baby. I mean, these sorts of things are unconscionable uh, to whatever way you think about it, but it seems to be that there's a development that's happening here that may actually even... Uh, may even override uh, some of the good uh, ground made in trying to address the Roe versus Wade thing. Any thoughts here? Yeah, Yeah, now, look, you make a good point. You see, the do-it-yourself abortion is a real threat to all young mums because what's happening is, in the UK, the data shows clearly that, that abortion skyrocketed with DIY home abortions. Now, what's going to happen next is there will be DIY voluntary assisted dying people are going to be killing themselves over the over the um telephone over the internet we can't allow this to happen look neil quite frankly abortion is an unsafe industry abortion is a lucrative industry one particular abortion clinic in the uk receives over 525 million dollars funding per annum i mean you know it's money that's being made out of killing and not only that, but abortion is very discriminatory, in, uh, Neil, in, in the sense that most babies that get aborted tend to be diagnosed with a disability. Now, Neil, I know a lot of parents and a lot of friends who may have a disabled child and you love them as creatures of God, as, as, as kids that were, you know, there. That there's a reason behind all this, but you love them nonetheless, Neil. But we don't just go and kill them, Neil. It's just, I can't understand why any politician would want to vote 
to allowing a woman to kill her child uh, in abortion. Neil, so I'm saddened by it. Each day I think about it, and I'm just saddened and saddened. Uh, you know, abortion of those babies diagnosed with a disability, as you say, and uh, we won't have time to unpack it again today, but uh, what about the girls too? Because yeah. uh, girls are not preferred uh, no. when it comes to uh, babies. And so how do you protect the girls? Mm. Uh, big, big quest questions to ask. Hey, uh, let's touch on another one quickly. A new campaign called the Daniel Declaration, a call to mission, a place to stand. Uh, this one coming out of the United States too. What's this one about, Greg? Yeah, the American Anglican Council have come up with the Daniel Declaration and, and we fully support this now because I think, you know, there might be room here to have a campaign similar here in Australia. And simply what it is about is the aim is to show Christians how they should move forward in the public arena. In other words, like Daniel, you would be faithful, courageous, respectful and loving. And to make sure that you engage with the, with, with the community in the public arena on that basis, because one of the things we've got to learn here is that, you know, the church, the mission of the church, Neil, go and make disciples of all nations, Matthew twenty-eight nineteen. So what we're saying here is the Daniel Declaration is a great way to go forward and declare your faith, but do it like Daniel did, faithfully, courageously, respectfully, and lovingly, Neil. <laughs> so there are battles to be fought on the ethics front and all of these things that we often talk about. But on the other hand, there's also, and these things don't happen separately, there's also the battle that is fought to keep the main thing the main thing, going into all the world, making disciples of all nations. Mm. This is something proactive that Christian believers need to be focused on. Hey, Greg, just to touch on something else, uh, Mother's Day coming up, uh, Mother of the Year Awards, uh, Family Voice Australia is the uh, now the caretaker of uh, this magnificent award uh, that happens each year. Uh, I think you've got an official announcement coming tomorrow, haven't you, ahead of Mother's Day? Oh, absolutely, Neil. As you know, Mother's Day, we took over last year from Bernardo's, who are a wonderful organisation in itself, but they chose to drop the ball because it, uh, you know, didn't include, you know, uh, males that wanted to be females and what have you. We have taken a Christian perspective on this. We've got a Mother of the Year Awards. We've got, and, and they include a, a mother, a grandmother and a young mother. Now, they will be announced. I will be announcing those tomorrow on Vision Christian Radio with Robbo and Becky. So I'm looking forward to doing that. And uh, I have to tell you, Neil, we've got to recognise mothers because the work that they do at, in, at the family, you know, making sure that the child's development, the family's development, you know, has to be recognised. And these all women, whether, you know, you're a single mum or, or, or not, we must recognise mothers and grandmothers in in the work that they do in our in our, um, in our foundation as a Judeo-Christian society now. We'll be looking forward to that announcement tomorrow. And as you say, uh, you've already teed it up uh, with Rise and Shine, uh, with Robbo and Becky making that announcement tomorrow. And, uh, of course, the formal announcement happening just on Mother's Day coming uh, Greg Bondar, always great getting your insights. Uh, Greg is the Family Voice Australia State Director for New South Wales and the ACT. And some of these issues we're talking about and similar issues, uh, you can get some more resource, uh, more insight at family.
familyvoice.org.au. And, of course, there's also some resource there in how to assess the candidates in your community and the parties, what they're standing for in the upcoming federal election. Uh, more to say on that, of course, as the election goes on, but you can touch on those details at familyvoice.org.au. Greg, thanks so much for your update today on 2020. Thank you, Lil, and every blessing to you and all the mums on Sunday. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.